Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. I began, if you'll remember, just a quick update. The first Sunday of December, I began a series entitled, When Heaven Speaks. That first Sunday, we looked at the angelic visitations that happened in Joseph's life as God prepared him. To, to keep his engagement to Mary and, and, and ultimately marry her and, and be the, uh, her husband and, and, and the earthly father of the baby born of this virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit, it was a challenge. And the angel spoke to Joseph. Then in the second week, we looked at the angelic visitation, how heaven spoke to Mary to prepare her for that moment. It's powerful when heaven speaks. And then th- uh, last Sunday was Christmas Sunday. We had a great time together. But to end this series, to end this year, I, I want to conclude the, the series, When Heaven Speaks. But I, I, there's something, really a question connected with it today. What I want to share with you today, and I want you to get this, is not just a history lesson. We're not just going back today, and, and, and we never do this. But particularly, I want you to get this today. We're not just looking at what happened. I want you to make sure you're applying the truth in that moment to exactly where you are in your life today, okay? I believe, and I, I, I don't have a prophetic word about the next three months, next four months, next four years, but I can tell you this. I know in my spirit that we are at a very important time right now. I believe that literally, if I could help you see this, there is, I sense as I pray for you and pray, there, there is a warring going on in the heavenlies. There is a spiritual struggle happening right now. I sense on one hand that awakening and revival is on the very edge of heaven about to be poured out. On the other hand, I see this sense this great struggle of the enemy trying to weary the church, trying to divert the attention of the church, trying to put the wrong voices in. What, what we're going to see today is so important. Here, here let, me, let me give you the title. Of course, the series is When Heaven Speaks. But what I want to add today is a question. When heaven speaks, do we hear? When heaven speaks, do we hear? See, I believe that God is speaking more often than we recognize. I believe the Holy Spirit is working and speaking and guiding us when we may not even be aware Right now, at this moment in history, you and I as believers living in America, there's never been a greater importance for you and I to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be led of the Holy Spirit, to be directed by the Holy Spirit. We are at such an important time. What I'm going to do today is go into uh, a day that only Luke records in his gospel. The other four gospels do not have this. In fact, it's interesting. As you study the gospel of Luke, you'll find that God chose Luke to emphasize the activity of the Holy Spirit surrounding the, the birth and the, and, and the life of Jesus Christ. When you read the gospel of Luke, he's showing us the Holy Spirit at work. So what we're going to see today, we're going to go into a moment on a day where there were two people that heard when no one else did. We're going to learn something from that. It's going to be powerful for us. I, I, I want us to, again, recognize never has it been so important for you and I as Christians to not just go through the motions, to not see Christianity as religion or a Sunday thing, 
but a lifestyle of hearing and walking with God. Uh, Before we read Luke chapter 2, let me just illustrate this one more time. Uh, As the book of Revelation opens in chapters 2 and 3, there are seven letters written to seven churches. John, the apostle, was on the Isle of Patmos. He was there incarcerated because they could not stop him from preaching. And so they just put him on a rocky little island in the middle of the Mediterranean. But while he was there... He had this incredible revelation God gave him. And these seven letters that he wrote from the Lord, he recorded them as a scribe. All seven of those ended with this statement. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Seven times. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Are you with me? There is something God is saying. The question is, are we hearing? The question is, I want you to get this. This isn't just for a few people. This is for the church, for everyone. Are my spiritual ears open? Any of you guys ever, remember back in the day when everybody had a CB radio? Anybody ever had a CB radio? Come on, tell the truth. You're going to tell your age when you put your hand up. All right. How many of you, some of you don't even know what a CB radio is. The truckers had them forever, but there was a period of time where they're in everybody's car. Everybody had a CB radio. A lot of people did. And, and they'd always start that little thing. They, what would they ask you? They, they'd come on and they'd say, do you have your ears on? Anybody remember that? Now, some of you don't know. Some of you, do you have your ears on? Well, what do you mean? Well, I got my ears. They're right here. I got two right here. I got my ears on. That's not the ears they were talking about. And Revelation 2 and 3 aren't talking about my physical ears. They're talking about, am I listening to God? It's important. Heaven, when heaven speaks, when heaven speaks, do we hear? The question is not, will God speak? He is speaking. The question is, are we going to listen to him right now? We are at, again, such a moment where I believe heaven's plans are, 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 are determined by how the church responds and listens and moves and allows God to move. The question is, who wants to hear what heaven is saying? Who will position themselves to hear what heaven is saying? So let's go to Luke chapter 2. We're going to begin in verse number 22. I'm going to read a few verses at a time. I want you to follow me. This is so rich. There's so much here that's so relevant to where we are. I want to make sure we get this, all right? So, so let's see this moment. What happens? We know that Jesus has been born. We read about his birth in Luke 1. And now Joseph and Mary are taking the next step. So let's watch this. Verse 22. When the time of their purification according to the law of Moses had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him, took Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Verse 23. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now what are Mary and Joseph doing? They're just following the scripture. They're following the law of Moses. I want you to stay with me. There was nothing spectacular about that. There was nothing that seemed to be big or momentous. It was time to take their firstborn. This, this miracle birth, the humanity of Jesus, God incarnate, time to go to the temple, time to do what the scripture said. Nothing spectacular. Every Jewish family did the same thing. 
They were just walking in obedience. How many heard what I just said? They were just walking in obedience. We know from Scripture, I don't have time to go into this. Maybe this will encourage you. Their offering to consecrate the firstborn son were doves. You know what that means? That means they were very common people. That was the offering of the common man. The wealthy brought other offerings. Those that had much money brought different things. But the common man brought the offering of the dove. Can I help you with something today? Again and again and again in Scripture, I read God using common people to do uncommon things. How many can say amen to that? God uses common people to do uncommon things. So the setting is just Mary and Joseph being obedient, doing the things they were supposed to do. They had no idea what was about to take place that day. They did not know what was going to happen. I want to help you with something. God has plans for you. Come, somebody say amen to that. God has purpose for you and I. He has plans for this church. And Joseph and Mary were just being obedient. Listen to what I'm going to tell you. Obedience will put you in position for the supernatural to happen in your life. Day in, day out, doing what God says may not seem like a big thing, but it is so important. Being faithful in the little things will position you for God to have you in the right place and the right time for the big things to happen in your life. Listen, as a believer that is faithful to God, people that aren't Christians are going to look at you, listen, and they're going to say, that's the luckiest woman I've ever seen in my life. You're not lucky. You were in the right place at the right time because your obedience had placed you right in the center of the will of God. Now, let's look at a scripture very familiar, Galatians 6, 9. Let me show you something. This, there was a divine appointment planned, but Joseph and Mary arrived there out of obedience. Someone else was waiting on them, led of the Spirit. Now, watch Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become what? Weary in doing good. Let me, let's go ahead and read it. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time. One translation says in due season, at an appointed moment, at a God ordained moment, we will reap a harvest if we do not what? Let me tell you what I believe. Let me make some, some, some uh, pauses relevant to 2020 in this verse. All right, ready? Let us not become weary. Do you know that Satan would love to make you weary in serving God right now. Do you know recently reading in Revelation, I saw that one of the things that Satan tries to do in the end time is to make the saints weary, is to wear the people of God down. Church, I want you to hear me. Today, we may, we may have seasons of being weary in our body. We may have seasons of being weary in our emotions. I want you to hear me. But we cannot afford to become weary in our spirit in serving God. We need to make a decision today. Let's talk about it right now. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. God told Joshua in chapter 1 and verse 9, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. I am God. Be courageous. I'm going to go with you. Come on, let's talk about it today. Let's say God is my strength. Let's say God is helping me. 
me. Let's don't do the weary talk. Let's do the godly talk. Don't become weary in doing good. Listen, you may get so tired, you've got to kneel down to hold your shield. But don't put your shield down. Amen. Don't drop the shield of faith. Don't become weary in doing good. Keep that faith up. How many can say amen to that? In other words, the devil may look at you and say, I've about beat them down. But if you're holding that shield up, maybe you're kneeling down to hold it. But the devil needs to know something. If he comes on the other side of my shield, I got a sword over here waiting for him. I've not given up. We're going to be strong in the Lord. We have to be strengthened. Don't become weary. And look at the next thing, in doing. (laughs) Don't become weary in doing. You see, what we need to understand, watch this, watch this. Mary, Joseph, and these two hearers are the picture of this. Do not become weary in doing good. The word said, bring the child to the temple. Mary and Joseph just brought the child to the temple. While you're waiting on a word, you better be obeying the word. Somebody didn't get that. We got a lot of people sitting around waiting for a miracle. But if I read my Bible and I understand the word of God, I'm not going to sit on my blessed assurance waiting on a miracle. I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be walking in the word, doing what I can with what I have, where I am knowing those divine appointments are God's responsibility. My responsibility is walk in his word. Why? Watch this. Don't become weary in doing good for at the proper time. There's a word used here, and I've taught you in years past. It's a Greek word, kairos. And the kairos, there are two words translated time in the Greek of the New Testament. One is chronos, and one is kairos. Chronos is just normal time, a clock, seconds, minutes, hours, days, chronos, just regular time, just days. But this word kairos that's used here means an appointed time, a God moment. A God intervention. A God step into that. And what he says, if I'm not weary in doing good in my regular days, I can look forward to a day that God has appointed for me. And what will happen? I'll reap a harvest. Well, if I'm wanting to reap a harvest, then that tells me there's some things I have to do before the harvest comes. What is that? Well, if I'm going to reap a harvest, i got to plant a seed. Come on, how many understood what I just said? If I'm going to reap a harvest, I've got to plant a seed. I've got to get up and get out of the house and go out into the field and dig a hole and put something in that hole. I've got to plant a seed. If I'm going to have a breakthrough in 2021, I better plant a seed of praise on the last Sunday of 20. I have to plant a seed. After I plant that seed, I'm going to have to water that seed. And there may come a day where I go out there and I've got to pull some weeds up around that seed. And after I've planted and I've watered and I've weeded, I'm going to probably have to wait on that seed. But I'm not going to become weary and watering and planting and weeding and waiting because I have an appointment with the God of this universe that at the right time, at the right day, not by luck, not by coincidence, not by chance, but in the preordained plan of my God, if I've been planting and watering, and weeding, and waiting. I'm walking toward a harvest where God will supernaturally step into my life, and I'll see his plan come to pass. How many can say amen to that today? We're not going to be weary doing good. We've got a due season coming to us. So here's Joseph and Mary just doing what they're supposed to do. Now let's go to verse 25. Now watch the convergence of God's plan. 
Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and who was devout. Are you with me? He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. I love this. The Bible says this time it wasn't an angel, wasn't a prophet, wasn't a priest, wasn't a reverend, wasn't a bishop, wasn't an elder, wasn't a his holiness or his eminence or doctor somebody. It was just a man. It was a man. There was a man. Do you understand that anyone can hear from heaven if we're willing to listen? It was a man. How many are with me right now? It was an ordinary guy in the eyes of the world. This hearer, this hearer. See, I'm sharing with you today, when heaven speaks, who hears it? When heaven is speaking, when people are obeying the word, who's going to hear what the Holy Spirit says? I'm thankful today that anyone can hear the voice of God. Can you say amen to that right now? Anyone can hear. Now, I don't like to use this word if, and it may ruffle the feathers of some people and some of the things going on right now, but I have to tell you what I know and what I hear, what I sense. This is what I know. I'm hearing some amazing prophecies about revival and awakening. How many would say, Pastor, that's my prayer. That's my prayer. I'm praying, God, open heaven, blow us away. How many are ready for God to blow you away? How how many are ready for God to, somebody said, that blows my mind. How many are ready? Come come on. You got some dust in there anyway. We need to blow something out. Come on. God, we're ready for God to do something. All right? But here's the thing. I believe as I pray over this, that although this is God's plan, we've got to cooperate. There's going to be some earthly response to heaven's plan. It doesn't mean that we tie the hands of God, but what I understand is that God works with his church. God works with his people. God speaks to his prophets. God talks to his church. God listens to our prayers. We open heaven on earth because we agree with heaven on earth. And so if, so, so I have to say, if, and I believe it will, and I pray it will, but if this next move of God happens like we're praying, I want you to hear me. It will be with the anyone's, not the someone's. Does somebody hear what I'm saying? It's going to happen with the man, with the woman who knows their God, who's watched, who's prayed, who the Holy Spirit is on. Those that are hearing what heaven is saying, I'm telling you God wants to move, and I'm asking who of us will hear what he's saying in this moment. Let's look at this man who heard. Just quickly look at this. He was righteous. And he was devout. These are the words used here. Different translations use different synonyms for this man. Righteous. The way that word used to be translated was simply upright. This man was upright. He was straight. He was upright. In other words, he wasn't crooked. (laughs) Some people go to church on Sunday and get crooked on Monday. Come on. Don't shout me down. There's some people that standing up on Sunday and take a 90 degree turn on Monday. God, this man wasn't crooked. He wasn't bent. He wasn't moving in two directions. He wasn't double minded. This man was consistent in his heart and his actions before God. The word devout simply means take hold of well. It meant that Simeon respected, loved, honored, followed the word of God in his life. He was a man 
There wasn't Superman. He wasn't a man unlike any other man. He wasn't a man that had something other people don't have. He was just a man who made up in his heart, I honor my God. I love my God. I'm going to be careful to put him first and walk in my life. Now, I want you to hear me very clearly. There's a mentality that, that, that somehow has wormed its way into the thinking of too many Christians. That somehow we hear about Simeon, righteous and devout. This man that we're going to see the Holy Spirit working in. And, and we come up with these kind of thoughts. Well, I'm not as righteous as he is. I'm not as devout as he is. Somehow people uh, have the concept, well, I, I must earn that place. I want you to hear me today. There is not a thing you can earn from God. There's not a moment you can earn from God. Jesus paid the price on the cross. Grace provides for you and for me everything we can have. Is that abundantly clear? You cannot earn the presence of God. You cannot earn your salvation. It's not earnable. If that's a word, I'll coin it today. All right. But here's what I want you to see. It can't be earned. It can't be purchased. We can't somehow be more righteous or holier than another person. But let me help us understand. This whole thing of Christianity is not ritual and formality. It's relationship. I want you to hear this statement. I had to make sure you understand about earning and grace. But I want you to hear this statement. Because we're talking about when heaven speaks, who hears? All right? I want you to get this. Faithfulness. Listen to me. Faithfulness and love for God, passion and proximity will position me to hear, are you ready? That which complacency and compromise will never hear. I want to turn it again. I want to say it again. All right? Faithfulness and love, passion and proximity will position me to hear. What complacency and compromise will never hear. Let me illustrate it in marriage. See, some people got married and have a contract, but other people have a covenant. See, you may have the rings, and you may have the, the uh, wedding certificate, okay? You've got all the outer things. But there's something about a couple who don't just share a house, but share a love, who don't just have a contract. They've got a commitment. There's something about a relationship in a marriage where trust is there. Where intimacy goes further than physical things. Where the heart is open and the trust is open. See, sometimes people wonder. They say, I don't hear the voice of God. Like everything God's going to do is shout. But God doesn't always shout. Most of the time he whispers, listen to me. Do you know why? Because if you're close enough, you don't have to shout at somebody. You just whisper. See, when I'm talking to my sweet wife, Phyllis, and we're sitting together, I don't say, hey, honey, how you doing today? I whisper to her. And sometimes I whisper because you know what? What I'm saying to her is not for anybody else. God's not talking to everybody. He's talking to you. 
And God doesn't have to shout when you're close enough to hear his voice, when your head's on his chest, when he's speaking to you like this. Anybody listening to me? Maybe God's been whispering and we haven't been hearing. Maybe God's been whispering so you'll lean into him a little bit. See, if he shouts at you all the time, you can hear him while you're running around doing your thing. But if he whispers, you've got to slow down and get over here and say, Lord, I want to hear. See, you can't earn that, but you can love your way into it. See, proximity puts you there to hear the voice of God. It's not a matter of earning and works. It's a matter of listening and being there. See, see, look at this. Let's read about this man. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was, look at this, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. He was waiting. He was waiting. This term waiting means that I have heard what you said, I accept it, and I'm waiting on it. Waiting in this context means I have, I'm not just sitting around. It means somebody has told me something and I'm expectantly waiting on it to happen. It's like somebody, you know, we don't do snail mail much anymore, but somebody called you and said, hey, I've got something coming in the mail. And, 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 and you know, if it's good, what do you do? You go out every day and check that mailbox, don't you? Somebody said, I, I sent you a little something in the mail. Way, way back in my college days, you know, this I know it's going to be hard to imagine. I didn't have a cell phone to call my mom and dad. I used to go call them on a pay phone one time a week on Saturday morning. That was it. And I made a collect call too, by the way. You don't know what that is. But I'd call them and, and we'd talk a little bit. And, and they would say, uh, son, we're going to send you a little something in the mail this week. I was like, hallelujah. You know, college guys, I, I w- my stomach was a bottomless pit during that time. I could never find enough food to eat. I could never find enough meals. And mom and dad said, we're going to send you something in the mail. And every day I'd go to the mailbox and open it up. Oh, not today. And the next day I'd go and open it up. And why? See, I was waiting because I had been given a promise that something was coming. How many of you are waiting right now? See, I'm waiting. I'm not just passing time. I have an expectant understanding that I've been given a word and it's on its way. Come on, somebody say amen to that. Look at this in Isaiah 40, verse 29. I want you to see this. This is powerful. Isaiah 40, verse 29. I want to begin there. Look at this. He gives strength to the weary. Remember, don't become weary. Come on, hallelujah. He gives strength to the weary. Look at this. And increases the power of the weak. What's our confession? My confession is not that I'm weary. My confession is he's giving me strength. Come on, say that out loud right now. He's giving me strength. And what? He increases the power of the weak. Guess what? I'm getting stronger, not weaker. Anybody with me? I'm getting stronger, not weaker. I declare the word. Now watch how he does it. Let's go to verse 30. I love his word to us. Look at this. Even youths grow tired and weary. Even youths grow tired. Listen, grandma, grandma, quit talking about how tired you are. Huh? Because even youths get tired. What are we going to say? And young men stumble and fall. I'm verse 31. What about you? Let's look at verse 31. But those who hope in the Lord, look, the word is changed in this translation. You know what the King James translation says? Those who what? Wait. Do you see that word wait? It's not just sitting around. It's not just going, is this ever going to happen? I'm so tired of waiting. No, you're saying, I have an expectant waiting 
on a promise that my God has given me. My mom and dad said, I sent you something in the mail. I never doubted it was coming. Are anybody with me right now? I didn't say, are you sure? Make sure. Did you promise me that? Come on. Are you really going to do it? And when I went to the mailbox the first day and it wasn't there, I didn't slam it and stomp back and say, I knew he wasn't going to do that because I knew my father. He never had told me a lie. He was never going to lie to me. If he said something's in the mail, it was in the mail. The mailman might lose it and the postal service might get messed up but my dad will do what he said and so every day I kept looking and so this is what I did but those who wait huh those who hope when we wait it's because we're expecting how many can say amen those who hope in the Lord will do what renew their strength when I went to the mailbox and it was empty I didn't do this I didn't get weary I didn't get mad I didn't kick the mailbox I didn't curse my father. You know what I did? I said, maybe it's going to be tomorrow. Hallelujah. And I just walked through Monday saying, I can't wait for Tuesday to get here because my dad said, I sent you a little something in the mail. See, we renew our strength. Why? Because we're hoping in the Lord. Now look what happened. They will soar on wings like eagles. I would have people say, I'm starving. I'm not going to eat. And I'd be thinking, hallelujah, mine's coming. (laughs) Mine's coming. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. That's how I went to the mailbox. I wasn't weary because something's coming. I was running to that mailbox. See, how do you go to God? Is your prayer time, well, pastor said we need to pray. God never speaks to me when I pray. I pray. Where do we? The church invented these terms. God help us. When I pray, it's like the heavens are brass. How many have heard that? And my prayers just hit the ceiling and come right back down on my head. What happened to this? What happened to this? What happened? Hallelujah. God heard me today. Thank God. He made me a promise. I'm hoping in the Lord. I'm going to soar on wings like eagles. I'm going to run and not be weary. I'm going to walk and not fall down and faint. Why? Because my God said he would do this. Now, come on. Let's get back to this thing. See, see, that's how Simeon was waiting. Why? Why? Because the Holy Spirit was on him. Because he was not operating in his own strength. Do you see why I'm impressing on us today? We're in a season of waiting, praying, Believing for breakthrough and miracles. I, I don't, I've told you earlier, I've seen people make fun on, on uh, and I don't do too much Facebooking and tweeting and thising and thatting. I, I don't have enough time with all that. But I've seen people make fun. They, they've taken videos out of a service and pastors praying for the coronavirus to stop. What in the world did you want him to pray? Sin more? Kill everybody? I'm not ashamed. You can put me on there. I'm not ashamed. I pray every day, God, stop this virus in its track. I pray every day, God, let something happen where you alone can get the glory. I pray, God, let there be a day. Let tomorrow be the day. See, every day we get those numbers. How many people tested positive? We see it every day. You know what I'm praying? I'm praying that tomorrow, I'll tell you right now, I'm not ashamed, not afraid, not intimidated. I'm praying tomorrow, not one positive test will come up and we just say what that had to be God I'm not afraid to say that I'm not afraid to publicly say that I don't care who says that's ridiculous that's because you don't know my God that's because you don't know the promise that's because you're not waiting on the one who said he's able so I'm not intimidated every day I pray that God stop it today 
Let it cease and go away and let you get the glory. Why? The Holy Spirit helps us pray. Now, now watch this. Verse 25 says the Spirit was upon him. Verse 26 says that, that it had been revealed to him. See, we're, we're not going to hear what God is saying if we're not walking with him. You understand that? If the Spirit of God is not a part of our daily life, how are we going to know when he's talking to us? Because of that, look at verse 27. <laughs> this is where it all starts to come together. Moved by the Spirit. Oh, do you see that? Moved by the Spirit. Here's this man praying, righteous, devout. A man that loves God. Won't you listen to me? An ordinary man like you and me. He was no different than you or I, but he determined, I'm going to follow God. He had no access or title that gave him something you and I don't have. He was a man who loved God. And because he walked with the Lord and the Spirit of God was in his life, then there was a day when the Holy Spirit said, Simeon, go to the temple today. Simeon, move out today. Simeon, take that step today. Simeon, today's the day. See, see, you don't hear that. You never walk with him. If we're going to be moved by the Spirit, if we're going to be in the right place at the right time, it's because the Spirit of God moved you into that place. Maybe you are not even consciously aware of that every moment. But you know what I'm, you know what I'm confident in? The steps of a righteous man or a righteous woman, or ordered of the Lord. Do you know that God will put you in his will if you want to live in his will? Do you know that God will guide you and lead you when you walk in the spirit and seek to follow him? Do you know that'll happen? Let me tell you in ways sometimes we miss it when heaven's speaking. Just here a few weeks ago when we did our big convoy of hope outreach. <laughs> I won't say any names so I won't embarrass anybody. But some people whom you would know came to me and said, Pastor, can we just burn some of these boxes in the back back here? We got all this stuff. That's over. Can we just burn these boxes? And I was busy, and I was thin, and I just kind of said yes, because I thought they would do it right. And so we went on, and, and we're busy. We're finishing up, and, and, and I sat down. Finally, we had served everybody. I sat down for a minute, and somebody said, here's a sandwich. And I started to take a bite, and I look at the guy next to me. I said, has anybody checked on those, on that fire out behind the building? It just came in my spirit. I said, anybody checked on the fire? I don't know. Nobody. Well, see, I just went on eating my sandwich. I should have gone and checked on the fire. There's a reason. Has anybody checked on that fire? It came out from nowhere. And in about 15 minutes, here comes somebody running. Pastor! I said, what? The field's on fire behind the church. I said, mm, mm, mm. I knew what I knew what I knew. I can't tell you how many times. The Spirit of God will say, move, 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 move. We think it's our thoughts, but we need to discern it's the voice of God. We just think it's something else. It's the voice of God. <laughs> the Holy Spirit tried to help me out that day, but I guess I wanted to eat a sandwich. I guess I was too busy, but I just turned and looked out of nowhere. Hey, has anybody checked on that fire? And I guess my voice wasn't very important either because they didn't go check on the fire when I asked about that. But in a few minutes... When the field was on fire, everybody was checking on the fire then. Now, how do you want to live your life? Running around, putting fires out, or being moved by the Holy Spirit that says, right here, right now, let's do this on the front end. See, there's some, whoop, I just got this from, I'm going to go ahead and say it. There's some of you folks, mm, there are some things you're about to do, and the Holy Spirit tried to stop you before your lust got on fire. I know you heard me. I know you heard me. See, there's something, you, you could have cut that off before the fire got started. Don't look at me funny. There, there was a moment when the Holy Spirit said, not him, 
Not her. Well, it's just a date. Don't open that up. Don't call that person. Okay, I can tell that's not working. Let's go ahead. So, so Simeon's waiting. Simeon's moved to the Holy Spirit. He's going to be there. And I asked the Lord a couple of times about this. Because I said, Lord, come on. It's the last Sunday. And, and, and I do I need to do this? He said, you need to do this. So let, let me ask you a question. Let's go back and look at verse 27. Moved by the Spirit. Moved by the Spirit. He went into the temple courts. I want to ask you today, what's moving you today? What's moving you today? What's the loudest voice in your life today? So, Pastor, why do you ask these questions? Because I'm a shepherd. Because when the shepherd sees a wolf trying to scatter the sheep, the hireling runs off, but the shepherd gets between you and the danger. Says, hey, 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 come on, stop this thing. If, you, if the sheep are about to run off a cliff, the shepherd runs and gets between them in the cliff and says, don't, 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 don't do this. They may be thirsty, but they're about to run into swift moving water and they'll drown. And he gets between them and says, I know you're thirsty, but you don't need to do this right now. That's the job of a shepherd. And as I look at what's happening today, I, I, I have to ask you, what voice is moving you? What's directing your move and where you're going and what you're doing? And what's the loudest voice of influence in your life right now? See, we, 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 have, to, we have to know that. What's moving us? Look in Galatians 5, verse 16. We need to read these verses. It's important. As a pastor, I want to help you. I want to stop some people from jumping off a cliff. Look at this. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. Verse 17. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other, so that, you're not, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Okay? Verse 18. Watch this. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Verse 19. Here we go. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Now, why would you see this? What's moving a person? What is the influencing voice? What actions am I taking based on what's moving me right now? Our carnal nature, the voice that will destroy your life, is moving people to sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. Verse 20. Idolatry and witchcraft. Somebody may be saying, well, I'm fine then. I'm not an adulterer. And I'm certainly not into witchcraft. I'm not through yet. Hatred. Discord. In fact, I'm wrong. It's not what I said. This is God's list. He's not through yet. Hatred and discord. Look at this. Jealousy. Fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions. Hold it here. Do you know right now, there are people allowing politics to separate the body of Christ. And if politics are keeping you out of church, then you're closer to politics than God. If hypocrites are keeping you out of church and the hypocrites closer to God than you are, they're at the church and you're not. You know, if, if, if prejudice is keeping you out of the house of God, then, 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 then race is bigger to you than God is. Factions and dissensions, they're not from God. Somebody's got to say it. The shepherd's got to be the shepherd. Verse 21. And envy, drunkenness, orgy. Say, can you say that in church? It's the Bible. You can read it in church. 
And they're like, I warn you, watch this. Watch this. This is the word of God. I warn you as I did before. Are you ready? Those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But I go to church. Those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Who live like this. Not people who stumbled and got up, repented, and got out of it. But if that's my lifestyle, that's how I live, if that's what moves me, if that's what I do, if that's who I am, it has to change. It has to stop. I'm being moved by the wrong things. I'm being motivated by the wrong thing. I'm listening to the wrong voice. It's bringing destruction in my life. Thank God for verse 22. We have a holy option. But the fruit of the Spirit, come on, guys, look at this. This is what should move us. This should be the fruit. How do I know the Spirit of God's moving me? This fruit of the Spirit is, notice, is this word plural or singular? Come on, we've got that much grammar in this. What is it? Singular. <laughs> I hear people read this all the time. The fruits is not fruits. It's fruit. This is a package. I've had somebody say, well, I have love. I just don't have much joy. No, no, no. It's not cut and paste. Man, you guys are working me today, but it's all right. I love you. We're going to get there. Look, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, verse 23, gentleness, self-control. Against these things, there is no law. The, the, the question is, what's moving me? What's pushing me? What's motivating me? What's moving me along as I serve the Lord? I want you to look at this verse 27 with me. Come on. I, I've got to wrap this. Moved by the Spirit. Simeon. Moved by the Spirit. See, that wasn't the first thing the Holy Spirit did. The Holy Spirit was upon him. The Holy Spirit revealed to him, and now he's ready. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what the custom uh, uh, what required, Simeon, look at verse 28, took him in his arms and praised God. Listen, this is what you have to look forward to, being moved by the Spirit. The promise God gave you, the word he gave to you, the thing you've been patiently waiting on, your day is coming where you will hold it in your arm. You will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. He doesn't just dangle it out to motivate you or to tease you or to, or to harass you. If God God says it, he'll do it. How do I get there? How am I there? Moved by the Spirit. I refuse to let the plan of God pass me by. I want to be moved by the Spirit. Hold in my arms the promise of God. You need to say today, I will sit with my prodigal children in the house of God and I will hear them worship. I will see my sick family raise up out of the hospital and come sit with me again. We will not spend another Christmas with everybody sitting around with the mask on. God will break the power of this thing and we will see it. Is anybody with me in this place today? I will hold it in my arms. I want the worship team to join me quickly, but here's what I want to say to close. They carried the baby in the temple that day and Simeon, moved by the Spirit, said, it's Jesus. There was only one other person at the end of the chapter or the, this account. Her name was Anna. 
Anna had been married seven years. Her husband died, a young widow. And she said, you know, for the rest of my life, I'm going to serve the Lord. She was now 84 years old, every day in the temple. Every day she worshiped, she prayed, she fasted. And when the baby came in, watch this, Anna says, oh, that's him. That's him. That's him. Here's what I want to know. The temple was packed. The temple was full. Hundreds of people walked by Mary and Joseph, but only two people said, that's him. That's him. I'll tell you this. I want to be a hearer. I want to be a person that when Jesus shows up, George Sawyer's standing there. I want to be a church that when the glory of God comes by, we don't just walk right past it and never knew what he came. I want to be the kind of church that when, not if, when God answers our prayer, we are standing there holding it in our arms saying, God, I see it. I don't want to go through the motion. I don't want to just walk in the temple and Jesus be there and I don't even know it. I want to be a hearer. I want to be moved. I want to be led. I want to be full. I want to say, and you need to know, when I hear these prophecies of awakening, I've already volunteered Calvary. I've already said, God, we're here. Count us in. Come do it. Come on, get on your feet with me. Let's stand together. Here's what I want you to know. Anyone can hear the voice of God. Any believer can be directed of the Holy Spirit. Anyone can know God's place. I want you to hear me today. I believe not only Jesus is going to come back for his church. I believe between now and then. And I want to tell you something. I believe that could happen at any time. I believe we're, we're, we're closer than ever. I see all these things coming about. It's as if Jesus is on the threshold of heaven. Waiting for the Father to say, go get him. Go get him. We're so close. But here's what I know. Between now and then, and it could be in our lifetime. Come on. I, I'm, I'm, I'm good to go in the rapture. Anybody else good to go in the rapture? I mean, if I die, I'm going. But rapture is kind of a nice way to go. Let's tell the truth. You know? But between now and then, I believe Jesus wants to come to his temple again. To his church again. To this nation again. Revival and awakening. Outpouring. I don't want to miss it. I I, I want to be where I'm supposed to be. I want to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't want to get weary in my prayers. And weary in my faith. And release my grip on what God promised. Anybody with me in this thing? So, so, So God's going to make us strong. How do you do that pastor? How do we do it? Through the Holy Spirit's power. It's not a human ability. It's a spirit ability. But I want you to I want to say something over you. Why don't we believe 2021? Not because the calendar changes, but because we're listening. Because we're devout. We're consecrated. We're saying, God, 2021, I'm going to hold your glory in my chest. I'm going to be close to you. I'm going to walk with you, God. I, I'm going to be your hearer. My goal is not just to go to church. My goal is to hear your voice. My goal is to walk with you. Anybody with me on that? Anybody with me? I want to be a place where Jesus comes and stays and reveals the glory of the Father. I don't want to play church. don't want to go through the motions. There's enough of that. I want to be a place that hears, that's moved, that welcomes him. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. 
Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.